0: Welcome to the Maritime Executive's podcast series, In the Know. I'm Tony Munoz, Editor-in-Chief. Our Executive Corner podcast will provide conversations with top executives concerning events and issues that are shaping our industry today. We will also bring you up to speed with the latest news and editorials covered by the Maritime Executive.
1: Welcome to the Maritime Executive Magazine podcast series, In the Know. I'm Paul Benecki. In this episode, Editor-in-Chief Tony Munoz is joined by the CEO of DNVGL Maritime, Newt Orbeck-Nilsen, for a conversation on the role of class in the COVID-19 era. Listen in on their discussion for the details.
0: Our podcast today is with Newt orbeck Nielsen. He is the CEO of DNVGL Maritime, currently speaking to us from Norway. Welcome
1: aboard. Thank you very much, Tony. It's a great pleasure for me to take part in your podcast and uh, I would like to start off by congratulating you with a very good uh uh reach on your um, on the maritime executive and the website and I'm really happy to be on it so thanks a lot
0: uh, our pleasure. It's been about a year and a half since uh, you graced our cover in the march eighth two thousand nineteen edition. A lot has happened in between. So, let's
1: do a little catch-up. So, last year was really, you know, quite a lot of activity, more than anticipated, really, and it all had to do with a lot of of these uh, grabber retrofits that was uh, around um, due to the sulfur cap being introduced, and also the fact that quite a lot of, of owners they rather than you know going for new builds, they refurbished existing vessels and, and quite a number of owners also put in hybrid uh, you know installations such as batteries to help them achieve better energy efficiency. So you can say that in many ways twenty nineteen turned out more positive than what we expected. And then uh, looking at this year, for sure, up until February, things were looking, you know, more or less normal. And then it all uh, broke out in, in China with the uh, COVID-19 and gradually moved into Europe and and uh, now uh, seriously affecting the America, Americas. And, and also, uh, to a large extent, giving us a second sort of round here in Europe with further... Increases in infections. So, yeah. So this year has certainly turned out to be very different in many ways, uh, and not least, you know, with a lot of um, old drama for for individuals and, and families being affected in a serious way. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a very unusual year.
0: So, how how does class operate in this type of environment? What are the kind of adjustments? Um And innovations do you
1: have to make? Yeah, so, uh, you know, for us, it's really important as classification societies to continue to live up to the purpose of of our existence, and that is really to safeguard vessels, safeguard crews, uh, and not least safeguard the environment in which both of these operate. So uh, for us to be able to conduct our surveys, to be able to attend vessels, whether they are sailing, uh, or in ports, or indeed uh, as uh, shipyards, either for refurbishment or, or new construction. It's really important that we are there. And you can imagine, with uh, all the travel restrictions, the uh, strict regulations uh, on infection prevention, etc., it, it's been a challenge to do this in, say, the normal and traditional way. And that's. You know why uh, I'm very pleased to say that uh, for DNBGL we managed to really make use of the uh, modern technologies, the modern ways of working that we have introduced over the past four or five years, and not least the uh, remote surveys, and that has proven to be very crucial and has made us fully operational throughout this uh, period and able to serve all the purpose and a- able to serve all the customers. Uh,
0: DNV GL was far ahead. The rest of the industry in terms of remote operations when the virus struck, did that give you a le- an initial leg up? Um, are, are you seeing that because you had been operating you know, with this in mind, uh, has that made transition that we're seeing that had to be done very rapidly uh a little easier
1: that's true I think uh, you know we've um, uh, we started with the remote surveys already uh, in twenty eighteen so that gave us quite a bit of headway to both to tune the service and to make it really work well with the customers and uh when the um pandemic hit. It was just to, you know, to accelerate the uptake of, of of the service that already existed. And you can imagine that the customers uh, being keen to have a service done despite of all the travel restrictions, it was fairly easy for us to scale up on the, on the use of the remote service. So for us, having that, you know, solution already in place, it was really easy to adjust. The increased demanding in uh, in requests for surveys. So, I think we were up by about thirty three percent, if I remember correctly, uh, in the first initial months on the on of the pandemic.
0: Mm. Wow! Um, so, obviously, how many employees do you have, and um, are most of them working remotely?
1: So, we are a little bit more than three thousand colleagues in in the maritime uh, business and um, it varies a lot Uh, you know in China these days the situation is very much under control and I would say that most people are back to sort of normal uh, working from the office also in China the the living conditions is is a little bit less spacious to put it that way compared to Europe or, or North America so You know, for people to work from home is not that, you know, practically easy as it is if you have a larger house. So in China these days, most of our colleagues prefer to work from the office and it's not a problem. If you move on to Europe, then, of course, quite a a big number of of our employees either work from home or they attend vessels uh, directly from home without... Going to the office, and uh, and that is seems to be sort of the modal operation for a, a few more months. The way the situation is developing, and then in the Americas, it's, it's quite very difficult to, to gather in any office due to due to the high infection rate.
0: Right. Explain to our listeners how remote survey, surveys, audits, and support training are being con- conducted your drones, and remote technology play a big role.
1: Yeah, so the remote service is really, you know, we we uh, make sure that there is a good uh, connection between uh, the vessel and certain officers on board. They, they most cases, use smartphones. And then we connect uh, with our operational center. We have... Uh, uh, five of these centers around the world. So um I'm sitting now in Oslo. So let's say they connect with the operational center in Oslo. And then we have ahead of the remote surveys made some preparations, preparations that the owner has to do um from the vessel, but also maybe submittance or some documents or data or information that we will require. And then it's basically about um you know looking at certain things uh, from uh, using video imaging or graphics uh, and then making sure that uh, we are attending the right places on board and that everything uh, is working according to uh, the say set up schedule for the survey and then after uh, after the survey uh, since we have electronic certificates already implemented a long time ago, it's very easy for the remote operation center here in Oslo, say, to update the certificate, credit the uh, survey, and then the vessel is good to go for another uh, period. So that is basically how it works. In the case where there's, uh, you know, also a data stream that can be utilized we don't necessarily need to look at things, uh, through video imaging, but could rather credit it based on the data information that we receive.
0: Right. With uh, the workplace and restrictions and travel restrictions, how is the organization handling class requirements at shipyards and assisting owners meet regulatory compliance in port? And what are the policies, uh, that DNVGL is utilizing to keep their customers and and employees safe.
1: Yeah, so this is uh, an area that we put a lot of uh, of time and effort because obviously we uh, need to be compliant with not only national regulations, but in many cases also, you know, even regional or local regulations in different ports. So for us to be really up to speed on what is the local requirement Make sure that other surveyors are adhering to wearing, you know, a face mask, if that is required, that they are uh, going through the right procedures, etc. And for us, it's really important that, you know, all our employees stay uh, safe and healthy and that we are not, say, a part of any um, spreading of the virus. Um, When this is for... Say the the physical attendance, whether it's in the ports, uh, at the shipyards, or at the manufacturing side. But then uh, again, having these remote surveys makes you know all of that a little bit void and uh, and irrelevant because for the for the remote we we are not like, physically present. So then it's uh, it's a no-brainer to say that that's a, a much more easy approach. So, and if there are, say, uh, situations where we are not sure what, whether we can attend for any reason, we will naturally try to promote a remote survey rather than a physical attendance.
0: What is the certification in infection prevention protocol? How does this apply to cruise ships?
1: Yeah, so this is quite an, an innovative approach that we have um, uh, come up with during the pandemic. And um, maybe what is not so obvious to many of uh, the audience that might listen in or read uh, the maritime executive is that DNBGL is also uh, big in uh, the health sector. So we are actually certifying hospitals. Uh, and quite a number of them in the U.S. actually, uh for um infection prevention protocols. So what happened was that when this pandemic set out, and it was mo- much more important to control infection uh on board cruise vessels, we thought it would be a great idea to take some of our medical experts and put them together with some of our surveyors and maritime experts to come up with a tailor-made program for the cruise industry to restore both customer but also stakeholder confidence. So basically, it's a it's a certification process that involves both the individual vessels but also the onshore operations and to make sure that infection prevention, uh, uh, monitoring, and control is in place.
0: As head of uh, the world's largest classification society, what do you see as your role in this crisis?
1: Well, you know, this is um, where I think sometimes that we tend to forget the importance of, uh, you know, the, the maritime world, the shipping um, industry, um, and not least the seafarers. So overall is really to make sure that uh Logistic chains are kept open. That the maritime transport, that really is the neural system for the entire, you know, world e- economy, is functioning. And for us, uh, it's important to make sure that vessels can continue to sail in a safe and good way, and the the seafarers on board are are uh, being uh, looked after with, with, you know, safe vessels. And and that's where I really think that you know many many countries have been way too negligent about you know the speed fairer um, challenges um, and it is in my view a disgrace that they are not being able to do crew changeover processes in a in a good and efficient way and that they have to leave it all that uncertainty. But overall, role is naturally to make sure that vessels are safe that the crew are safe, and that the environment is not being polluted.
0: Right. Well, let's talk a little bit about change, uh, crew changes of seafarers stuck on ships. It is a major issue right now. And um, what role does your organization have in this? Uh, I mean, are you really involved with the seafarers uh, in terms of getting them off ships or or providing them with care. What exactly is uh, DNVGL doing on that front?
1: Yeah. So we we are not directly involved in 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 making you know um, making sure that the exchange can happen. So for us, I would say that as a at Preston, an expert voice in the maritime industries, we have an obligation towards the decision makers, you know, the national governments, uh, the port authorities, uh, to really make sure that the seafarers are heard, because, you know, in many cases, the, the seafarers are out of be not seen, not heard, and um, it's really unheard of that they have not been looked after, and in many cases they have not even been, you know, defined as essential um, personnel. And um, in my view, it, it's really like with the doctor and nurses. With without them, the world wouldn't function, and especially now during this crisis. And um, who would have uh, accepted that doctor and nurses could not return uh, home to their families after their shift? So, right. I mean, we don't have any sort of direct role, but I think as a major uh, voice in the maritime world, we should also speak up uh, for the seafarers and, and really try to influence governments and, and the decision makers to, you know, come to come to better solutions that have been uh, reached so far.
0: So what are the key takeaways do you see coming out of the pandemic? And are there lessons to be learned? And will the industry be stronger having for having endured it?
1: Yeah, this is um, for sure there are lessons to be learned. And I think, you know, if you look at this from a, a system, system point of view i i think what we the topic we just talked about was something that was never on the radar of, of anyone that you know the vulnerability of, of the crew exchanges would be would be this high so obviously there's something to be done uh with that um i think it's also fair to say that you know most i mean one of our core competences is really risk management, but I don't think anyone can really say that they have this sort of on the radar ahead of, um, of, of this year that a pandemic of this nature could hit us. So there's something about, you know, trying to assess also those events that might, you know, from uh, an experience base be on a very low probability but where the consequence is really high try to also assess these uh, events and at least try to have some mitigating actions in place so that is more on the on the system uh, level and then uh, i would say that it has really also taught us the lesson that in many areas we in the maritime world uh, think that the Just because we have done things in a certain way for a long time, many many years, maybe even decades, it's the best way forward. And uh, I think what we have seen now through the pandemic is really that you know we we really should challenge status quo and see if we can do things differently. And I think the remote survey approach is certainly one example of that. Uh, And then I also think that you know we've been challenged to challenge the status quo and uh, and i believe that you know there's a maritime renaissance uh, coming because we are now looking more eagerly into innovations we are more willing to challenge existing ways of working and uh, i think it's uh, it's an opportunity now to really you know uh, bring the maritime industry forward and and digitalization has certainly accelerated and is turbocharged by half a decade in my view. So I expect that this decade will be, you know, full of innovations, full of new ideas and, uh, and that will, you know, set its mark in history as the maritime renaissance. So I'm, I'm optimistic in that sense, but of course we have to get through the, this pandemic. Yes.
0: Yes. Well, I want to thank you for such a great interview. Um, do you have any final message to our listeners? Something that we can be hopeful about?
1: I think it's easy, it's, 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 you know, during a crisis is to, to think that there's no way out that there's no light at the end of the tunnel so um we should just remind ourselves that uh you know the the sun will come up again and uh, this maritime renaissance that i i'm talking about i think will create a lot of exciting opportunities so Let's just be, you know, let's stay safe. Let's get through this uh, ordeal and then uh, grasp the opportunities uh, when when the sun is uh, rising again.
0: Outstanding. Well, Mr. Orbeck Nielsen, we very much appreciate your time. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Tony. It's been a pleasure. Thank you a lot. Thank you for listening to In the Know, the Maritime Executive Magazine podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next exciting discussion on maritime technology business and policy. In the meantime, please visit us online at www.maritime-executive.com for the latest news and views from around the industry.